what's up everybody it's dr catrice austin dentist to the stars tune in to Tanae talks if she's talking about it huh it must be worth talking about Talks right here, we gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. I'ma talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. Cause it's today talk. And I'ma talk about it. Yeah, cause it's today talk. And I'ma talk about it. Bad it, bad it, bad it. Hey, hey, hey. Yay. <laughs> hey, and welcome to this edition of Tanae Talks. Remember, Tanae Talks and <laughs> you listen. And today I got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, did I say a lot? A lot to talk about because this episode is the recap episode of 2019 entitled The Highlights and Bullshit of 2019. So we're going to talk about everything that I feel was a highlight and a couple things that I feel was like on um, some bullshiggity. So in the studio with me today, I got some phenomenal men. I got only men in the studio with me today. Uh, my homegirl was un- uh, unable to make it, so it's a lot of testosterone in the belt. <laughs> so I got some great guests. I got a returning guest. I have uh, Mr. Terrence. Yo, what up, though? What up, though? Hailing from Flint, Michigan by way of fam. You. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. I also got the host of the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, Mr. Rain. Hey, what's up, Tanae? Rain down on us. <laughs> Rain upon us. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Happy to be here. I'm going to need you to bring that back to your mouth. <clears throat> No, just pull it. Put <laughs> ass, what is that? The ASMR. Yeah, that's much better. Make sure you speak it to the mic. And I, <laughs> and I also have last episode's show sponsor, the hardworking black man himself, Mr. Amos Williams. Peace to the universe. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad to have you guys on the show. But first, we've got to ha- hear from today's episode sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by 810 Nail Bar. 810 Nail Bar is a high-end nail studio and nail bar with a down-to-earth feel in the heart of the new downtown Flint. That's Flint, Michigan. You may have heard it for the water crisis, but it's, it's way more to Flint, Michigan than that. 810 Nail Bar specializes in shellac manicures, pedicures, and acrylic nails, and they can keep you looking fly. If you would like to book an appointment at 810 Nail Bar, call 810-422-9568. 
Or you can visit in person at 555 South Saginaw Street, Suite 103. If you're ever in the Flint, Michigan area, I know that this podcast is heard all over the world. And I know that you might want to take a trip to Flint because everybody and their mama have been there. Jada Pickett-Smith, y'all seen the Red Table Talk. She was rocking the Flint Lives Matter. Jaden and Willow and them be up in Flint. Like, that's basically a second home. It probably is because property taxes are low. <laughs> so let's get into the highlights and the bullshits of 2019. Y'all ready? Yeah, yeah. Let's do this, Brutus. So while I was doing research for this show, for this year-end recap, I realized that what black people consider news, <laughs> the whites, <laughs> the mainstream, does not what our idea of news <laughs> so two different ends of the spectrum two Americans. <laughs> there are true two Americans. <laughs> say that one more one more time two Americans. <laughs> maybe three maybe four Honestly. but definitely two, two Americans. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> i would definitely have to agree with that um as I was like searching, like I was putting in the search engine, like I literally put in highlights of 2019 and literally there was absolutely nothing on this list that I have before me. <laughs> absolutely nothing. Wasn't important to you. Right, right, right. It definitely wasn't important to me. There was a few things here and there, you know, talking about Trump, of course. You know, you want to always perk your ears up for that because we... You know, they could be low-key saying we're going to put every all you blacks back in slavery. So you might want to... <laughs> I feel like that's why I'm there, though. I mean, I listen. So yeah, and I'll come back and inform everyone else. Hey, y'all. Thank uh, you. Pay attention. Definitely. So Terrence, um, if you ever paid attention to another episode, you'll know that he is a history teacher and he's deep into the history. He only quotes facts. <laughs> he's not going to give you his opinion. He's going to give you facts. If it is his opinion, it's steeped in facts. He's going to have works a works cited page to hand to you. There is a works cited. <laughs> There will be a works cited page that he's either going to email to you, verbally tell you, or send you in a text message. Okay? Uh, exactly. so you will know. Uh, so I want to start with a little bit of my highlights for 2019. So um, I got to travel to about 10 different places this year. I was able to go to the Dominican Republic. Republican, Republican, Republic. uh, the Dominic, Dominican. I say Do, like Dominican. I went to the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> Ray, yes. what is happening with you I'll over there? You. <laughs> wow. I went you to the Dominican. It. You got it. Thank you. I went to the Dominican this year. I was out the country. I got flewed out. Yeah. Because my sister got married. And this, y'all know what? That next month, y'all remember, this was big news. Everybody started dying in the Dominican. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. me, though. Except you, though. <laughs> Everybody died. <laughs> Everybody died. Everybody and their mama died, except me. God watches over babies and fools. Yeah, Don't you ever forget it. Yeah, it uh, but we won't talk about my experience in the Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> I low-key could have died. Terrence knows, but we won't get into all of that. Oh, we need to do a secondary <laughs> podcast about that. <laughs> no, we don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my sister got married. Shout out to her. Uh, she's a king now. Yeah. Um, I got a chance to go whitewater rafting yeah. with the love of my life, Terrence. What? 
Yeah, you was there. I know. I know. Do I, I got know. another love? No, nah, it's, it's me. It's me. <laughs> How did you feel about White Rider rapping? Man, that was the greatest thing of 2019. <laughs> that was like, that is the highlight. I'm that's, done. That's your highlight. I just wanted to come on here to say, I went White Rider rapping. <laughs> I did some white people stuff <laughs> on a boat full of white people. We were the only blacks. <laughs> and we held it down. We no white people it. was going to let us drown. Listen, they put us on the listen. They put us on the rap with the weakest oh. people they could find. But I felt like everybody' lives depended on us. Right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. You know how black women saved, yeah. tried to save America from Trump, <laughs> but white women ruined it anyway. Period. That it, it was the white woman on the boat yes. who was gonna let us die. This white lady was gonna <laughs> let us die. And like when you got, have you anybody in this room? Have y'all been white water rafting? Yeah. You been? Yeah. So you know they say like when you say. Go for it. You got to go for it. Like, on time. Or left side, right side. Yeah, left side, right side. You got to do it on time. Or period, you capsizing. Period. And this lady next to me just didn't want to do the work. The word. Iyala said it. You gotta want to do the work. The word. I feel like you do need that podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what happened. It was a lot going on, but yeah. needless to say, again, we survived. Right. There was a little white boy. <laughs> there, <laughs> a little so. So we were kind of contemplating. Like I, we were like, oh, we might want to bring AJ. But then when the little white boy fell off. In the white in the water, we he was screaming for dear life, and then all of us had to pull over so he could get saved. It was it was wild. What you thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to play it out of my head. So he yeah. fell over. Y'all just had to you're trying, parallel park. You're then. probably thinking to yourself, how could someone's mom let them fall off this white water well, raft? See, nah, they usually have like no, leashes we, on them or something. No, nah, well, no leashes. No. We just had to tuck our <laughs> Did feet. you say leash? We had to tuck our feet into this little little spot oh, slot yeah. and hold on. Mm. When we were done, the ab routine, the ab work. The regiment, we yeah. were strong because we were holding our off abs life. were strong and our calves were strong. Uh, we you were use strong. your legs to hold on. to hold on, so we wouldn't capsize. Sweetheart, I need you well, to uh, bring yeah. bring just bring it to you because you <laughs> yeah, seem like you want to. No, just, bring it up. This is new to me. Ra- okay. Raise it up. Uh, okay, now uh, bring. Yeah. You, uh, 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 okay. Yeah, this is new to me. My bad. There you go. There you go, bro. A kid, yeah, yeah. A, a, a small kid. He was about eight years old, and he fell off, and we all had to. Uh, and the currents were big, so we were in Colorado. Let's put it into context. Okay. We were in a we real white water rafting situation. Okay. Rockies. The, the, we were okay. in the Rocky Mountains. The currents were strong, mm-hmm. and the, the poor little baby got flung and threw into the air, and it was a highlight. It's the highlight of 2019. Bullshit for him. <laughs> on his list? Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> bullshit in 2019. <laughs> for sure. You made it to the podcast, say. Eh? Hey, you made it. And, uh, <laughs> um, also, another highlight of my year is I'm writing a little book yeah. out here in these streets. Okay. Little, little, little guide. Okay. Little sub sums that y'all should, you know, be ready for in 2019, uh, 2019, in 2020, as we kick off a new decade. Um, also, Tanae Talk Season 4 has been super legit fire. That's mm-hmm. out here yeah. um, and prove my um, quality of everything. Right. Just everything has been great and it's only going to grow. The glow but up. The, the glow up was real for 2019. Mm-hmm. Everything about 2019 was a complete glow up. Um, and I stopped being afraid to walk completely in my in my gifts. Like there was a little hesitation 
uh, prior to this year, just not being fully confident in my gifts or ability. And it's like, I know that I have the talent. So I want to say that's a great highlight of 2019 that I just stopped being afraid, like afraid to be on camera. You know, just <laughs> I really was like, you know, I'll get in front of a camera if yeah. it's there. I'm like, hello and ready. OK. <laughs> and five, six, seven, eight. But like just, you know, just being worried about, you know, your size, your weight. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to always be a little if I'm going to be on cameras like, well, the camera's going to add 10 more pounds. Just mm-hmm. being afraid like to say, hey, if Lizzo can take her ass to a Lakers game with no qualms. No well, then you're going to get all of this 200 plus pounds. You know, uh, <laughs> um, my bullshit for 2019 um, is that I'm still overweight. That's that little segue. Uh, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Um, my uncle Jerome died two days before my birthday. Um, that was some bullshit. I was completely devastated. I was in Vegas when I heard the news and it just rocked my world. Um, my father um, was murdered when I was an infant. And so my Uncle Jerome was kind of like my father figure in my mm-hmm. life. So for him to depart the earth, um, and he was young. Um, he was only 55 years old. He was mm-hmm. 55. So yeah. it was it was hard, but, you know. Condolences. Thank you. Um, what was I going to say? People share. Okay, never mind. So anyway, back to you, Bob. Oh. <laughs> um, Terrence, what was your highlight of 2019? It was whitewater rafting. I mean, <laughs> oh, you did mention that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, 2019, it was it was cool. I like the fact that you said it was like you're stepping out. I had to emotionally learn how to step out this year, just put myself in my right mental frame of mind. But, you know, it wasn't a big shifting year but for me just trying to keep up momentum for things that I have planned planting seeds you know I feel like it was an important year I moved in with my boo oh yeah hey yeah, <laughs> yeah that was dope how it's is it a, how still, is it living with your boo well you know <laughs> no, it's great it's, <laughs> it's great it's great it's always good to have love with you so you know being able to cuddle and snuggle I love it Aww. And I'm a cuddler. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> Rain, yeah. what was the highlight of your year of 2019 uh, or highlights? Year, 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 the highlight. Well, I'm still, um, I'm from Flint as well. I've been in Dallas for approximately two years, over two years now. So I'm still learning Dallas. I'm still learning the people. I'm still learning the, the environment, the mm-hmm. social climate. Um, this year, I think my highlight was at my job, I got a promotion. It was a seasonal promotion, but it was, I worked my ass off for it mm-hmm. without actually working for it. Right. So the thing is, I just did well at my job. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get here, I'm going to get there. And what I learned is that I it's it's just me. Like yeah. when you, you're born alone and you die alone, you got relationships mm-hmm. along the way. But when I was in that space, I'm like, okay, I'm actually doing something that, I hadn't planned on doing it, and I'm doing it well, uh, well enough that I'm getting a lot of recognition, uh, pay raise as well, so that was good. Yeah. So just, like, seeing what it is that I could possibly do. Like, right. Because without a degree and being the only child for all intents and purposes and being in a space that I'm still learning. Yeah. This ain't my first time moving away from home, but it's my first time as an adult with – in in Texas, I've with real been, bills, yeah. the cost Say of living, is, the Say cost that. of living is really real out here. <laughs> Very different uh, from where we're from, ooh, for sure. Ooh, yes, yeah. yes, this this rent is 
This rent is the bullshit of 2019. Oh, yeah. The very much so. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Thank you yeah. for sharing. And Amos, what was some of the highlights for your 2019? Well, the highlight of 2019 for me was uh, moving here to Texas and the day I was supposed to for my job mm-hmm. and from Flint and the first day I was supposed to have orientation, we go on the big general motor strike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's some bullshit of 2019. Like, as soon as I get here, I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. I'm like, hey, sis, I'm here. Da, da, da. Say, oh, cool. Where you at? I'm in Arlington. You yeah. Know? And then boom, it's like. The wow. strike. And the strike yeah. lasted like 40 days and 40 mm-hmm. nights. It was like never ending. It was really? like, let my people go. <laughs> the economy slowed up. And I mm. feel like they realized like these hairdressers need to get paid. These nail tech need to be oh, paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when GM shuts down, that shuts down yes. other industries because they're when they get paid, they're pumping money in the economy yeah. because they're spending. They're doing all these things. So, it aff- you know, it affects a little all of us. Um, in my industry, it helped us a little bit because usually when a strike, I work in higher ed. And mm-hmm. so usually when a strike takes place, people run to, run to school. Mm-hmm. So oh, I'm still going to school. That's, that's happening. Shout out to you. Oh, yeah. So let's get into it. I just want to give a, a round of applause to, you know, all you guys' highlights. Just keep moving forward and walking in your purpose. Uh, so we're going to kick it off. So what we're going to do in today's recap, we're going to take you through uh, the year from January to December. We're going to take you through the year. So the first thing of 2019, I I don't want to say this is a highlight. This show is highlighting bullshit of 2019. (laughs) 2019 started on some bullshit. Number one, we had to uh, swear in uh, the, what is he, the 46th? No. <laughs> Did we not swear him in? No, he was already president. <laughs> he got inaugurated. No, he became president in twenty. He won in twenty sixteen. Inaugurated in twenty seventeen. I'm late. No, but <laughs> listen, this is, so what, this is what his presidency yes. does to you. You be like, when yes. is it over? over. No, I, I promise you, it true. felt so new. That was twenty sixteen, oh, yeah. bro. Yeah. Why did I feel like it was twenty eighteen? Wow. Okay. Ixnay on the Ixnay. <laughs> so anyway, well, the well, the kick it off was the bullshit was Jesse Smollett kicked off the year with an Jeez. ass whooping um, <laughs> that went around the world. Um, so my question is, why would he be going to a subway in the middle of the night in the dead winter in Chicago is beyond me <laughs> because I used to live in Chicago myself and the winters are deadly. So what say you about him kicking off 2019 with this bullshit? It was supposed to be a highlight at first. We was about to get super woke for 2019. We, we were. It was MAGA hats. We was ready. Yeah. We was like MAGA hats and nooses <laughs> we in Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> we about to whoop some ass. We was ready to fight. We were. We had. We were. They messing with Juicy. Listen, they were messing with Juicy. We was ready. We were protesting. And, you know, he said it was a hate crime against LGBTQ communities. So, you know, they were fired up and raring to go. And uh, it turned out to be some bullshit. So, Ray, what are you thinking of over there? <laughs> oh, um, no, I, I was with him. Uh, you were with one. him? You with were? Him. Yeah, were? Yeah, no, no, I was. I was. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Um, I think it's. Three sides to the story, of course, your side, their side, and the truth. And it came out to be something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, I, uh, what, what, what really got me about this is that, much like what people say about women who um, lie about being rape victims, mm-hmm. I, um, I hate that 
this can be used to distort the uh, rate at which LGBTQ community do get these crimes yeah. committed against them. Um, I don't. I think uh, I, I stood him because I felt like much like with women, regardless to what the story sounds like, until it comes out that it is not the truth, I do want to stand on your side. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's, a, it's a very, I'll say, just a diagonal story. But I was I was with him. Um, but and I also think, which element people probably didn't think too much about, but there goes to that privilege that he has. He's a conventionally yeah. attractive, light-skinned, thin man mm. in the gay community, which would lend... Um, more kind of credibility to what okay. he's saying. If he was a overweight, dark skinned, short gay man and, and lied about this or had it been true, I don't think it would have been met with the same um kind of um I don't know, support okay. for lack of a better term mm-hmm. that it got with him. So I think that it was funny that this happened right off of the heels of him being on the view Mm-hmm. Talking to Raven about, oh, you being crazy, calm down. You yeah. know, when she made other claims about, I'm not black. Yeah. I'm, you know, whatever. I was like, this is a very interesting kind and of Then, then of you do this, you know, this thing that, which basically takes down your credibility. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it's going to, from now on, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. are people, when it really, really and truly happens, are they going to believe you this next time? Or are they going to believe somebody from the community, from, mm-hmm. from the black LGBT community, when they're crying mm-hmm. of injustice towards them, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that was crazy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> to, to say the least, it was wild. So, so that was January. February was kind of, you know, low key. I don't remember anything really of newsworthy happening uh, in February besides my uncle dying. To me, that took over February and, you know, black history was going on. However, I just felt like black history wasn't really celebrated this year. I don't know if it was me, but usually, you know, I don't even remember seeing the McDonald's 365. Oh, my God. That's Tom. (laughs) Brought to you by. Brought to you by. I think they did a little facts, but, you know, it wasn't really. So Mm. we're going to skip on down to uh, March 8th. Now, when I say March 8th, that might not mean anything to you off rip. All right. Until we get into what what happened on March 8th. So two significant things happened. And Terrence might not think this is significant because this wasn't during his era. But this is definitely during our era. So on March 8th, B2K kicked off the Millennium Tour in uh, Pittsburgh. Damn. Damn. Okay. Okay. And every girl born from 1984 to about... 1995 yeah. purchase tickets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. uh, and they was in that thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, at work. At work. I, <laughs> bro, at my job, it had to be like 40 of us that when this was announced, yeah. were like pulling up jersey dresses, yes. and jellies, them hang on, uh, Timberland heel boots, uh, like, airbrush. Oh, wow. <laughs> the whole department was like, oh, yeah, we going this. I ended up not. Yeah, but it was a smooth like three or four weeks of just constant nostalgia. Yes, old school music, lyrics. We didn't get no work done. So yeah, forgive me, uh, supervisors. But yeah, we didn't get no work done. (laughs) It was complete pandemonium. Like up and down my timeline. Like everybody was reminiscing. Everybody was practicing their dance moves. You know, the chicken head, drop down to get your eagle. Like we was ready to bring everything back. I had planned on going, but. 
there when they came to this area, it conflicted with some things that I had already mm-hmm. going on. So I didn't get a chance to see B2K before uh, the Fizz Gate. <laughs> 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 and apparently, I ain't going to get to see them. Again, <laughs> because Omarion had kicked them off the tour. But we'll get Bro. to that later in the timeline. Also, on March 8th, we heard a cry around the world. Oh, man. So, uh, early in the day, B2K announces that they're going on the Millennium Tour. They, they kick off the tour. They kick off the tour on March 8th. But that evening, something happened. Y'all need to think. <laughs> Wait. Wait a minute. I said nothing happened in February. <laughs> But what happened was Lifetime came out with the oh, yeah. Surviving R. Kelly <laughs> series, <laughs> right? right? Which leads us to the <laughs> evening of March 8th. So Lifetime does this documentary about R. Kelly and his alleged, we have to say alleged, allegedly, allegedly with his alleged victims. And I mean, it, it was it was complete mania after this aired. <laughs> what are your thoughts about surviving R. Ke- R. Kelly? Do you think it's real? Do you think the stories were fabricated? Do you think that they were real? Like, what are your immediate thoughts? Listen, you can't just say this kind of stuff about me for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they didn't just come off the, the sidewalk saying this Yo, stuff. For it's, years? Kind of, it's been whispers for years. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This was just confirmation. Like, yeah. yes. y'all, y'all got some people to finally come and say it? Yeah, yes. We know he did that. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. When I was in undergrad, I actually saw the infamous sex tape. We were watching it during work study. Sorry, Mr. Ganges. We were uh, watching this on work study time (laughs) and office hours. (laughs) And we watched it. And um, I can say with 100% clarity that that was him. <laughs> he was all up in the camera. He was adjusting it. They were in like this little sauna like room. Mm, yeah. No. <laughs> so, March 8th, after the backlash of all of this, um, R. Kelly sits down with Gail King. I mean, yes, Gail King. And that, was, that was actually funny. Why? <laughs> Why did he? He thought he was smarter than her. That, that, that's the only explanation I have is that he thought he was smarter than her. Is that what it was? Like you thought you could talk your way out of this because you had been untouched for so long. But you sitting down, like, well, yeah. first of all, you sitting down with a black woman. Come on. <laughs> she was kind of bugged. But, yeah, he, he had to have thought, oh, I'm, that's what, I watch true crime, and it seems like every mass murderer, rapist, serial killer ends up, when they get their time in the shine, so mm-hmm. to speak, they are so charismatic and so confident that, oh, I can talk my way out of this. That's mm-hmm. That has to be what he thought. It has to be. Do you think? That he agreed to sit down with Gail because he felt like this is a woman and I'm so good at manipulating women that this will be a piece of cake. Do we think had he got sat down with um, what's a well-known male interviewer? Like a like a like a Don Lemon or or um, what's that light skinned black man that used to be on BET? He used to have a TV show. He had the wavy hair. Talking about. Um, um, I know he, he did the news. He did the news. He, yeah, Ed Gordon. Ed Gordon. Okay. Do do we think that if they were like, come talk to us, would he would he have agreed to it? Because remember, years ago he did that interview with the guy with the curly hair. Toray. With Toray. Yeah. 
with the funniest <laughs> question of all time. Well, how old are we talking? Right. <laughs> with the high. And Teray later did an interview and he said this was he was looking like he said he's on TV and was at a loss for words. Like, and you can, if you go back and watch the interview, Teray is like confused. Yeah, yeah. He he's on air. He has to compose himself. He's Bro. like. He said, "So, so when you say teenager, oh. how how old are we talking? Not adult, not adult. Hey, 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 take it out. think it. And you notice after he did that interview with Teray, he didn't do interviews for a long time. And for a long time, we you just heard about R. Kelly. You heard him with music, mm-hmm. but you never heard him in an actual interview after that interview. Because I think maybe his people were like, dog. I was about to say that, yeah, yeah they." they <laughs> Don't mess up this money. <laughs> Don't mess up this Don't money. Mess up this money. So I'm wondering if maybe a Jeff Johnson would have said, "Let's have an interview." Would he have felt as confident to sit down with them? Because those tears and that rant mm-hmm. that he did on that meltdown. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have went over with a male interviewer. It didn't go over at all. <laughs> it <laughs> you know, didn't go this over. is true. It didn't go yeah. over. I'm saying I don't think he would have had the nerve to even do that I with a man. I think, right. I, think, I think with Gail, it, I think it was more than manipulation, too. Is if you look at Oprah's affiliations on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who she's doing another documentary right now. On Russell Simmons. On Russell Simmons, but yet. What? You're connected to these other people. Harvey Weinstein. Mm. Yeah. And you and, you haven't thought to do it. And uh, he's connected to Epstein and mm. you yeah. know, uh there's no highlights on them. And mm. then at the same time, you targeting Bill Cosby and R. Kelly, now you now you're going after Russell Simmons and it's kinda like a thing <laughs> where you get there's a pattern. But I think Definitely a pattern. <laughs> I think once you're in that certain tax tax bracket, uh if you're black and you're in that certain tax bracket, I think you forget that you're black. Do you think that's what R. Kelly felt? I think so. You, But I feel like his star has kind of diminished where he's not in the tax bracket that he once was. So I just feel like, I just but really you, feel but like been he. in those circles. Yeah, but I just feel yeah. like he was going to, he thought he was going to come in front of Gail and mm. just skate through it like he has been doing mm. for for decades, mm-hmm. and I it was. What that I don't was know like. what he that thought. Was dumb. That was so. <laughs> that, dumb. Was that was stupid. <laughs> Let's quote him. <laughs> that that was stupid. He, he did throw it out there. I can't read. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> but you can screw. <laughs> I could read her age. <laughs> <laughs> right. The driver's license. So that was definitely. So a, a highlight <laughs> and a bullshit. Yeah, wrapped in one. Yes. Wrapped mm-hmm. in one. So as you know, that was March eighth, and then March thirty first rolled around, and my heart sank to the floor oh. um, when I heard the news that Nipsey Hussle passed away mm-hmm. at his marathon store on March thirty first, twenty nineteen. Um, I think the whole world. I can literally say the world. Mourned. It felt really dark. It felt sad. It literally felt like in 1996 when Tupac died. Mm-hmm. It felt like 1997 when Biggie died. Like I know, I knew where I was during those two deaths. I right. knew how I felt. I knew when I cried my little eyes out, um, and I knew where I was when Nipsey passed away. I got the news, and I was sitting at work at my desk, and 
I was just glued to CNN Live the whole time. You know, they had footage of Lauren running into the hospital. You know, somebody had recorded her and put it out, which I think is rude. You know, we live in a social media world where it's like, your someone's death is our our viewer viewer porn mm-hmm. as you will someone's tragedy is is our viewer porn and that was definitely the bullshit because he was on the rise him and lauren had just did the vogue spread mm-hmm. um he nipsey has been around a, a while but he was coming into the mainstream of just being a superstar especially with his economic ideals and his idea of building the community him staying in his community to lift it up you know we know most people get their money and they like I'm leaving the hood I might do a toy drive here and there I might do a back to school drive but how many of them stay in their communities Mm -hmm. and and he did and it was just it was sad yeah yeah it definitely was man I know my son hit me up he's just like Dad, did you see it? He's like, Nip got shot. And I'm like, what? And I'm in the kitchen cooking. I'm like, you, he got shot? Who was shooting at Nip? <laughs> right, like, right. You know, he, I'm like, at first you think, okay, Nip, cuz, you know, he cribbing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm like, but he got love on both sides. Why would somebody do that to him? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, what? It was just a terrible, it was it a was. terrible feeling. You know, it's some people who die and you be like, yeah. I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the other people, yeah. you be like, Nah, not him. You know what I'm saying? Because you can just feel people's genuine spirit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It was just bleeding through the music, whatever. You know, it's just my man was genuine. It was devastating. It was devastating. It was devastating. I mean, I, I, I got, I'm teary eyed. No. <laughs> it don't take much for me to cry, but I'm teary eyed now, just thinking about it, just thinking about his children, thinking about the love he left behind, and you know, Lauren just did the Puma campaign where she dedicated to him and you know the love between them was real we see a lot of like celebrity couples and a lot of it is for the glitz and glamour of it all or to say you know hashtag relationship goes Mm -hmm. but when you look at their love and you know when they shared their text message with each other you know you know people got more into their relationship but it was it was genuine it wasn't for the tv it wasn't a manufactured relationship so we can build up our followers mm-hmm. it was a genuine love there and terrence like you said the word genuine and i think that's the best word to describe nipsey it definitely wasn't a uh, 500,000 in the refrigerator from a birthday deal it, mm-hmm. it yeah. was, no it no it was a real like you said it was a real deal uh love situation yeah mm-hmm. And that makes me sad to, you know, to think that, you know, once you get that, that your one true love or your, that one genuine love, you know, cause you know, Lauren has dated people. We've all dated people where we are just like, wow. Mm-hmm. But when you finally found the one that feeds your soul mm-hmm. and for them to be ripped from you, uh, that, mm. You know, it's really wild about Nip, though, at the same time. After he passed, it was a lot, of, of course, back and forth with people, you know, be just now becoming Nipsey Hussle fans, which yeah. is fine. Mm-hmm. You're going to figure out, you're going to learn about somebody at some point, mm-hmm. and it might be after the wave passed. I just feel like his star, it just shined brighter mm-hmm. after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. After the fact, it was just like, then you really get to see 
Just like with everybody else who had been following him from Slauson Boys mixtapes and all the way forward. And you're like, yo. Are you a fan fan? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yo. It's like this dude, you know, I mean, I hate it that it comes after he passes, mm, but yeah. people can just really get to see. It's like, because some people were like, why? Why y'all care? Yeah. But it was undeniable. You can you couldn't hold back how everyone felt about him, how it got I mean, he got a funeral on BET. Yeah. Now, first and only time I seen that was James Brown. Mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin. Yeah, well, yeah, Aretha Franklin thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so it's just like, is he up there with them? Well, probably not. But when you're such a genuine person. Yeah. When you're such a someone who everybody can just kind of feel you know, that you mm-hmm. are a true person and, you know, you really mean well for people. Yes. It's like, wow. And and yeah. I, I end up becoming a fan of him a little bit before he died. I, actually, I end up becoming a fan of him uh, after his uh, Breakfast Club interview, actually. And I was like, let me look more into him. And I was like, cool. And I started, you know, he had a lot of stuff on YouTube. But one thing that sticks out is the neighborhood, like, alcoholic that he gave the job mm-hmm. um, in the little plaza of where the marathon mm-hmm. store was and most people would shoo this person away mm-hmm. say get away don't mm-hmm. loiter out here i'm you see what i'm trying to do but he mm-hmm. would you know he would talk to this man and understood that this man is the history of this neighborhood mm-hmm. and he would talk to him and take him to go to get his hair cut and make him feel good not just giving him money to say here go money and give him away but mm-hmm. actually look at him as a as a person and um that was beautiful. I don't want to labor on, on Nipsey Hussle, but uh, rest in peace, Nip, neighborhood Nip, mm-hmm. for sure. Ooh, well, let's take a little break. <laughs> yeah, I'll come over, just not right now. Yeah, because I'm about to tune into Tanae's talks, because unlike what you be talking about, if Tanae's talking about it, it must be worth being talked about. And that's a for show ride on. <laughs> <laughs> so in April 2019, uh, something major happened. Uh, Wendy Williams. Uh-huh. Wendy Williams was big news in 2019 with the divorce uh, from her husband, Kevin Hunter. That's big shit. <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> the T is the Daily Mail had did an expose yeah. of that situation back in 2017, but she glazed over that in hot topics. Yeah. And then it came right back around and uh it came true. The member when Evelyn Lazada, remember years ago when Evelyn Lazada said, uh, yeah, your man but coming to my store in Miami buying his mistress shoes. Mm-hmm. And she tried to glaze over that, but there was no denying that baby. <laughs> so that was big news out here in the blogs. Um, so that that did not overshadow, and I think this might have uh, sunned even Nipsey's death. This next thing, April fourteenth, at yeah. in the middle of the night yeah. at a festival in California, mm-hmm. what was once known as Coachella yes. turned into. <laughs> Beachella. <laughs> Was it Baychella or Beachella? Both of them. Both of them. Beyonce brought all that black assery mm. to the stage of Coachella. <laughs> right. That album go hard though. <laughs> it does. Especially if you if you love uh, you know, HBCU. Mm. Yes. Dumb like music, man. It, it go hard. Like it goes that. hard. How do y'all feel about Beyonce bringing HBCU culture to the mainstream because now we got the little white boy. Uh, I think he's in uh, Josh. Yeah. Josh, I think his name is Josh, but now he is. 
I'm, uh, I'm listening. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> a little a little context for you, Terrence. There's a, a white boy on the internet who has gained notoriety mm. because he is now the what do you call it? The drum, drum. major. Oh yeah, he's a drum major at a high school. You go in. <laughs> yeah, okay. I see him. <laughs> your face. I'm, okay, we're gonna. I'm I'm, I can't wait till you unleash your thoughts because Rain and I be on the same page uh, with this bullshit shiggity yeah. that be happening in the yes. world. Um, like when he just made that comment that he go in, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at like, please, are you telling me this is one of those moments? It is where black people mm-hmm. all of a sudden see a white person doing mm-hmm. what we do in uh, our sleep, doing oh. the and then all of a sudden yeah. they are the greatest thing ever. Ah, throw but, this whole set. <laughs> At you. But I can do whatever <laughs> they was doing with a broken leg and two broken arms. Come on. Three different videos Come of on. Thing. Oh, right. okay. The only I seen three different videos is, is like okay. goes to what you're saying. Like, okay. <laughs> we just look at them and be like, oh, finally, y'all learn how to do it. What we've been doing. Do. You, right. Like, what my three year old can do. That's can job. take it. Good job, Timmy. Got you studied us hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so back to my question. So, you know, Beyonce brought all that black assery to mainstream HBCUs, what we love. You attended HBCU fam. Nope. You attended Clark. Clark. I attended Dillard. Um, Dillard didn't have a band, but we still was lit. Music. We played music. We had a <laughs> bomb gospel choir. You oh, here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, she basically brought HBCU culture to the mainstream because that nobody do it like we do it. Nobody do it like the Sonic Boom. Nobody uh-huh. do it like Southern. Nobody do it like Jackson State. Nobody. Okay, so you got this boy, Josh. I think his name is Josh. Jeez. And he goes to a high school, and he's the drum major of this predominantly black band. Mm-hmm. He's getting notoriety and fame for yeah. what we've been doing, for what Northern band. Mm, uh, <laughs> Come on, Northern. Say Come that. on, Mr. Oh. Maldrew. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> been doing since the 90s. What the, what, what Northwestern band was doing. Say. What, all, what you know, I, I can imagine schools here in Dallas uh, were, sure. were yep. even doing sure. for, for for, for years mm-hmm. um, So Rain Unleash it for us <laughs> ah! Alright um, My show Was birthed out of Representation In comic books And related media That has been the hill That I choose to die on Since cool. I started What really bothers me Well what I love Is that Beyonce did bring This HBCU culture To the mainstream Mainly because A lot of people Don't know mm-hmm. Even black people Don't know the Intricacies And so I feel like Just like a different world If you bring Just even one little aspect To the world at large mm-hmm. So that this conversation Is being had That just like you said You didn't know much About Nipsey Until like maybe Right before he passed mm-hmm. You went searching So I think it is good Because that's what people do Even if you just want to go For the band For the Greek life For the parties You're still going to Eventually end there Right So I'm, I'm all for that as it relates to white people in black spaces, I'm highly annoyed. Now, I'm not going to deny that boy. He he got some moves. He got something. But he doesn't have anything that we don't already see with 4C hair or with dark skin. So for him to be praised 
And then you get the people like, oh, you know, you just upset and let that boy be. No, because then our Keishas with pink hair and their baby hair slicked down and our Tyrones with their pants sagging don't get a chance to get celebrated when they're doing the same thing. Come on. Or they're in these communities where if I'm at a predominantly white school as a little Tyrone, I'm not treated with the same regard that Josh does. And this is not not a slight against the boy, Mm -hmm. but it is he's also a white male. Come Conventionally on. attractive, existing in a space where black people are already going to lift him up just by nature of systemically him being the most prized uh, possession that America has. So for me, that's great that you're doing this. But before you, when you were a freshman, there were three classes of black people who were doing this. And after right. you, there still will be. And there's Boy. been decades of that. So I do think. We did a whole movie on the drumline, dog. A word. And even Back that, like, bro, affirmative action. Homeboy yeah. that was a uh, uh, yeah, nickname affirmative action. Mm-hmm. That was interesting for comic relief, but even revisiting that with things adult eyes, it's like it's the difference between going to an HBC, hell, even going to a PWI and then going to a step show. Yes. Right. And then also turning on Netflix and seeing Stepsisters or whatever. Yeah. That movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's the difference in that where, again, no slight against the boy, but I – could care less, yeah. you know, because there's countless others who will no longer be seen or will be like you rising to these ranks of this figurehead. Yes. Now you pushing all these other people in the background, all it's, the way to the back. Like you said, what we've been doing for, I won't even say decades. Eons. That the HBCU ban is in such an uh, upheld mm-hmm. on a pedestal mm-hmm. in our in our black communities. You know. That's what a lot of our black high school bands yep. prided themselves on, while ev- while others were playing the traditional. Bum, 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 yeah. bum. Yeah. you know, we was out here like. We've been out here, okay. We've been had the beautiful majorette. Yes, and and their dances and their uh, synchronized moves mm-hmm. and their beautiful hairstyles mm-hmm. and you know you and I uh, I was on Rain's uh, show Carefree Black Nerd and we did a Carefree Black Nerd movie night where we night. reviewed School Days school. and the the beauty that was School Days it was everything black assness <laughs> from start to finish, <laughs> from start to finish was, yes. pure unadulterated black black, black. Oh. assness. I mean, I love, us. I love us for real. Come on, Monique. I, <laughs> I love us for real. And so I like what you said, Terrence. You was like, is this another moment where there is the the Caucasian um, out here doing things that we have been doing on one leg and a stencil, um, <laughs> getting a praise and applause for what? Mm. Well, going back to Baychella with Beyonce, look what Taylor Swift tried to do right after try. Beyonce did. Try. What? Try. 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 Exactly. Try. Keyword, tried it. We're Ohio State bands. Trying it. We're Ohio State too. Yeah. And then you don't even. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. Bam. Even, even with black indie creators, podcasters, YouTubers, uh, even the black kids online who create the verbiage that we use on a daily, mm-hmm. you turn on Ellen and you see in Tyler from down the street who said, damn, Daniel. But what about all these other? It, ah. 
Tell us. It's frustrating. Speak it. it is so fucking frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> because we're in this space where though social media connects us and we are now a worldwide community, it's also a place where we're easily robbed from that like we weren't before. Yeah. Because everything is for consumption online. I can log on to Twitter and I can see what's being said about so and so today, and then this this clever thing that someone says or this meme that's made and it's shared even on the nightly news yeah. that this person isn't getting that recognition they're not gonna get the recognition and it's interesting that you yeah because damn daniel's gonna make a million dollars uh when uh deontay Mm. had said it and he just didn't have the he didn't have the followers Mm -hmm. or the you know maybe he was he was seen by somebody who has the followers, and then mm-hmm. that person took it. It's basically like the Kardashians do. Um, I remember there was a Kylie ended up getting a lawsuit against her years mm-hmm. ago because she was selling some clothing online, but mm-hmm. this black girl had it first, and she had the proof that mm-hmm. this was mine first and that Kylie had actually ordered those garments from her. She had the shipping orders to prove mm-hmm. that before Kylie made <laughs> you know her online mm-hmm. thing go that this she bought it from this yes. lowly black girl who was had a that was small small business yes. and then took this girl idea took her stuff saw what she did and then took it to her people that got money and she was able to launch this website of mm. items mm. and it's what's been going on for years and it is sickening white people, white people in <laughs> white people in and, and you know, and, and like I have to quote Amanda Seals: We're not bashing white people. There are people, there are white people, and there are people that happen to be white. Man, <laughs> we have to shout out Beyonce just for just bringing. I just I, I love the fact that she brings the culture. Yes, you know, I mean, take it how you want to. She brings the culture to the space, and I love it. And if you and if you are in tune to the culture. When she does it, she don't have to be obvious mm-hmm. with no. big old signs. You know what's up, and mm-hmm. you just can just give her that thumbs up. Like, yeah, I see you. You girl. give her the. Yeah, you give her that yeah. fist. Oh, yeah. Right hand, <laughs> not the left hand. I see you, sis. Yeah. Right. We see you. Beyonce? 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 We see you, sis. <laughs> when she did the Super Bowl, I, I could see right. that Baychella coming, dude. Yeah. 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 And she, and she snuck she, that right in on us, didn't she? Uh-huh. She snuck that in with, with the Black Panther attire. Mm-hmm. And, and she was, yeah. as as we know, that sometimes in their culture, they do dog whistling. Mm-hmm. So basically, I guess that was her signaling to us. Us. To like, us, yeah, yeah. I feel that. And but we're not doing. But let's be very clear: when we do it, we're not doing it to harm nobody. Mm-hmm. We just doing it to uplift, right? We reinforcing. Come yeah. on! So shout out to you, Beyonce. <laughs> shout out to you, Jay Z's wife. <laughs> um. So uh, after that um happened, um, April twenty eighth came fourteen days later after uh, Beachella, mm. and we lost a great. Man that con- has contributed to the culture. Yeah. Uh, one one Doughboy said one time. He said either day. Don't know. Don't know. Don't show. Don't show. <laughs> don't care. I don't care about what's going on in the hood, <sighs> bro. We lost John Singleton. One of the greatest men to ever touch a camera lens. He gave us such classics as what I just quoted from Boys in the Hood. Mm. Higher Learning. Jody, my Jody. <laughs> <laughs> Baby boy. 
And most recently, he gave he left us with a television gem, mm-hmm. Snowfall, mm-hmm. highlighting the crack epidemic of the 1980s that flooded into the 90s that has given us what uh, crack babies. And he highlighted that. And, and he didn't glorify drug dealing, but he let us know how the CIA mm-hmm. and the government played a role into infiltrating our communities with this poison that we know as crack cocaine. Rest in peace, John. Like how you shaking your head, Rain? Because I know no. you know we were we were doing carefree black nerd, and we were really uh-huh. uh, reveling in Spike yes. Lee, yes, and what he's done for the culture, yes. And John Singleton is right there, right there. Mm-hmm. Same conversation. Um, that was a lot of these devs and a lot of these people for me is very. Um, I feel like I have imposter syndrome because I know of them, Mm -hmm. but I didn't grow up in a household where like maybe an older uncle or cousin would have given you this album or given you this, you know, so it was me and my mother. And so I feel like I'm on the fringes of a lot of this. But when I look at just the work that was done, like you said, snowfall, like you said, boys, like it's, it's just, it's something that is such an integral part of my blackness because of the nostalgia from it existing when I was a kid. So even if I didn't sit here and watch a lot of this as it came out, I still, I have no, I I cannot help but to be affected by it. Mm -hmm. Um, When I heard the news that he had died, it was, it didn't hit me hard like a family member, but it hit me because I'm, I'm thinking it's my own mortality that's staring at me. I'm Mm -hmm. getting older and not to center myself in the conversation about this man, but it's like this black man has made so many wonderful projects that are being consumed worldwide, intergenerational. And he's gone now. Like what's next? Do I have Mm -hmm. faith in the children, the young people who are coming up and then, based off what we just said, do I have faith that they can create this without it being snatched away and whitewashed so that we get another John Singleton? Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it was, yeah, it was sad. I'm pretty sure John Singleton fought a lot of battles for us in Hollywood to mm-hmm. get his films made. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned your comment earlier about us as the culture accepting someone like Josh in our space. Mm-hmm. And when we, when, when Rain goes into the same space, in a predominantly white situation, you're not upheld in that situation. Mm-hmm. And John showed us that in the mo- in the film Higher Learning. Mm-hmm. Higher Learning, you were in college when Higher Learning came out, correct? And what mm-hmm. were your immediate thoughts and feelings about such a film? Oh, man, it was, I loved Higher Learning. Um, John Singleton, just himself, because Boys in the Hood came out when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and he made a whole generation, my generation, cry. I'm like, and nobody, you know, batted an eye like, dog, we cried. Ricky died, and we mm-hmm. were like, no, that was not right. He made us face ourselves, yeah. face what we were dealing with in our communities. And then when Higher Learning comes in, it fits with me because I was a boy in the hood. Yes, who then went to college. Correct. And then it was just like, okay, even though it was an HBCU, yeah. it's just like he still, you got those professors there who are forcing you to think mm. yeah. and, and really confront things and understand the world. I was like, man, John, he is part of that backstory to my life. It's just like he's he's directing these, these visuals to explain all of us who came up through that era. Yeah. And, I, and I love how he did that. And then going forward. With Baby Boy, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned it in class. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned Baby Boy in class often because I, I point out to the kids, "Do you remember what happened at the beginning?" And they're like, "Nah." 
like you remember when it em- opens and it got the embryo and the everything. The It's like, y'all remember the words on the screen? And they're like, nah. I was like, John John Singleton really put Francis Crest Westland on the screen. Mm. Like, when I was in college, it was mandatory reading in my African psychology class to read Francis Crest Westland's The ISIS Papers. Mm-hmm. And John Singleton put it on the screen just talking about this whole idea of what white supremacy does to us and how we raise our children, mm-hmm. yeah. how we raise our boys. Yeah. This is something we have been thinking about at FAM, right? Mm-hmm. And then he throws it out there like, hey, y'all, consider mm-hmm. what we have, what we go through and how it affects how we raise, raise our, our, boys. our boys. He was Be- like. Because we say um, in the black community, we raise our daughters and mm-hmm. we love our sons. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's showing maybe sometimes the mother and he showed him baby boy. Sometimes we over love our son because we feel like we're trying to protect him from the boys in the hood. Right. Yeah. So, you know, John Singleton did boys in the hood and we see what happened with Ricky. Well, he and I like in boys in the hood. He showed the the, the yep. dichotomy mm-hmm. of the two sons, mm-hmm. one going in this path and one going in this path. Right. And, and the one you thought was going to get yeah. shot end up not being. So then that brings us to baby boy where it's like. Let me protect my son from the hood, mm-hmm. and we can see, you know, what happens. But go ahead well, and finish your thoughts. No, I was just saying that just John, as far as just just as far as giving us visuals for how we get to where we are, just giving us the visuals of understanding our lives. When you throw in snowfall and all of that, this man was taking our lives, our history, the things that mattered us, the things that shaped us, shaped our musical genres, yeah. all mm-hmm. types of things. John was excellent. And just putting it on the screen in a way that was truly representative. It wasn't exploitive. Yeah. And none of that. Mm-mm. It was very true. And it's like anybody who lived during those eras was like, yeah. Yeah. He got it. He got it. And now the whole world can see. Because other than that, without <laughs> talking about representation, mm-hmm. when we don't feel represented, we feel like we don't exist. We true. feel like invisible men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Invisible women. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But John gave us form yeah. on the screen and we was like finally somebody yeah. see it, it and he's not taking advantage <laughs> of us so yeah rest yeah. in peace that brother rest in peace to John Singleton wow <laughs> that, that made me get a feeling <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm overwhelmed because and I and I brought up higher learning and in, 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 in comparison to you know uh, Dante going into this white space because because mm-hmm. I went to an HBCU and a PWI mm-hmm. and he shows you know uh, Omar Epps character going to this PWI off this track scholarship and shows how we're how we're treated, you know, in these white spaces. But right. you're an athlete. Athletes get treated certain way. And like you said, he John made it so real because a lot of times when we were given um our view. It was it was on extremes. Mm-hmm. It was either extremely bougie mm-hmm. or extremely ghetto, and right. and you feel like where do like a person like me? I feel like where do I fit in? Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. down and out mm-hmm. welfare mom. I, that's not my narrative. Mm-hmm. But then I'm not I'm not the Huxtables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And John gave us middle black mm-hmm. America. <laughs> you know, more he just true gave us that reality. The yeah. reality. Yeah. He yeah. showed that same thing in uh, Snowfall. Yeah. When, yeah. Um, he was in that dream state and he, where he took that alternate reality and went to yeah, the yeah. white school. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was treated in that school. Yeah. yeah. And like, oh, you just like Omar Epps. Yeah. Oh, you can't afford. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to leave. And it yeah. came right back around. <laughs> yes. right? It came right back around. Now, speaking of snowfall, the, the illest thing about, like, about snowfall is I remember talking to my homeboy about it. I was like, 
Snowfall puts us in a weird position mm-hmm. where we, the people watching, the audience, we know how this ends. Oh, yeah. We know this is wrong, mm-hmm. yet we cheer for Franklin. Mm-hmm. We do. We want Franklin to win because we lose so much. Because mm-hmm. selling dope and that all of that whole thing, we know it wasn't about, oh, I just want to hurt my True. community. True. I want to poison everyone. It was like, how do I take something? How do I take these scraps mm-hmm. or whatever that is left around me and turn it into something where I can build something else? That's the real reality. Yeah. It's like everybody's not in the hood trying to just mm-hmm. destroy, destroy it. it. Mm-hmm. It's just like they're just trying to build something with the little scraps that's on the ground. You know what I'm saying? And right. John was like, he gave us this character Franklin where on the one end we're like damn dude you're killing our community and we kind of hate Andre because he's a cop but at the same time mm-hmm. we understand why Andre's why upset. Andre is upset <laughs> that his beloved community is getting ruined by this poison that mm-hmm. is brought in we root for Franklin because we know Franklin didn't fly it in yeah. right and so we, the complexities <laughs> the complexities that's laid out to me is just beautiful it was yeah. just like it's complex it's not cut and dry white and black mm-hmm. no. it's complex yeah. Rest in peace, John Singleton. Damn, no, who, who? <laughs> shit. Oh, you said shit. <laughs> okay. That was a beast, oh, that man. was a that was a highlight. Your John Singleton, your life was a highlight of our lives, right. but your death was definitely some bullshit because mm. we know that you had more yes. ideas in that beautiful, brilliant black. Mind of yours. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, wow. Whew. All right. So we're gonna go. So we 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 went through January. We in April. We gonna skip on over to summer because it was definitely a <laughs> hot girl summer. Hey. 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 She made me. She, what? 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 <laughs> Big ol' freak, ah, big booty, big ol' tree, yeah. I'ma make him wait for the pussy. Hey, hit it to me, big ol' squirt. What he gon' do with it? Feet on the bed. I fuck him up in the head. Second look in his eyes. What? Next day I might leave him on red. Boom. Megan brought in the 2019 summer with a hot girl summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) she definitely tried to bring my knees out of retirement, but I realized. (laughs) She had to retire her own knees. (laughs) And I realized. Oh my God. My knees ain't what they used to be, Megan. Megan, let me tell you, Megan, you had every woman over 30 trying to revitalize our uh, 20-year-old knees in this hot girl summer. You had us run into the CBD stores, (laughs) oiling our joints like the Tin Man. So, (laughs) rain. Yes. What? Yes, I, I, and I'd like to add some men too. Uh, because, <laughs> trust and believe. Uh, everybody, everybody needs going to look bad. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a meme the other day and it said, uh, girls over 30 can't uh, have our knees like Megan because we blew them out doing the butterfly, <laughs> the tussie roll, yes. uh, the tail feather, the chicken head, and the percolator. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> I 
Shout out to Megan. Shout out to Megan the Stallion. What's going on, young world? It's your man, Mickey Wallace, letting you know to tune in to the princess of the podcast. My homegirl, Tanae, talks. Because if she talking about it, it must be worth talking about. Go get them. And that's that on that. So, uh, shout out to Megan for uh, bringing us into a hot girl summer. Men, how have you benefited from hot girl summer? I know you benefited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a whole lot of twerking. Hey. <laughs> short bursts of twerking because you heard her talk about her knees. Yes, short bursts. <laughs> Ten second. Ten second uh, versions. Megan, I know we love you, girl. We love you around here at Tanae Talks and at the Sims Rogers residence. <laughs> um, but which leads us to what else happened in the summer, um, June and July. Um, this had this person had an emergence. George Bush doesn't care about black people. This young man by the name of Kanye West, born on the south side of Chicago. What you just heard in that little clip there was the one, the, the Kanye we fell in love with. Yeah. But he emerged with this new cult mm. called Sunday Services. What say you about these Sunday services? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Is he pandering us? Is he oh, playing with us? Oh, or does man. he really got the salvation? Uh, a little bit of A, a little bit of B. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, my man is troubled. Ooh, bucko. Troubled. So I understand why he's turning towards religion, but goodness. goodness gracious. But then the people who are listening to him and showing up to these services, they are not showing up to get saved. At all. You don't think so? But he thinks they are. <laughs> Which is a dangerous mix because he's like, yeah, see, look. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've seen the videos and then, you know, you see everybody in the audience with the camera phones out. I mean, it's like. Is there is it really a true worship experience if your phone is out? Now, you know, in you know, I just went to church today and mm-hmm. I like the idea of having the uh worship team or the choir in the audience. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But well, you know, it being Kanye is like, ooh, celebrity camera phone. I was okay. here. I right. was there. Okay. Right. So, so you think people are worshiping the celebrity instead of worshiping oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I remember you and I had the conversation, you asked me. If he's not being real, how can I think you asked me how can people really get saved if he's not for real? Do you remember you asked me yeah. something mm-hmm. along those lines? And I would have to say that as we t- we said in the old church when I was growing up, you, you may have come here for the wrong reason, mm-hmm. but you might end up leaving for the right reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might you may have come. I know in the church, you know, sometimes you might come because the girl look good. <laughs> <laughs> or or, the, or you trying to get a man. You may have come with the wrong intentions, right? But that word of God goes forth. Mm. And then you end up getting saved. You end up hearing a word that's going to enhance and better your life. So I always say, I'm going to give Kanye, Brother West, mm. uh, <laughs> Brother West, the benefit of the doubt. Because so if he's he, not going to be another Mace, Mason Bethel. And, and that's that's I think that's what the industry like the people of the hip hop industry is kind of looking at Kanye sideways, especially mm-hmm. Joe Button. I think because of what Mace, you know, did. You know, I think people are like really skeptical just cut off that. You know, fool, fool me once, shame mm-hmm. on me. 
fool me twice. I, I get you. I think what it is with Kanye is because we know based on people he's worked with, how they have said that he's always trying to push the edge, push the envelope, do something that's going to draw people. Mm. So because they know that personality of him, I think they're skeptical because there have been people throughout hip hop history who love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And still, I always like to use DMX. DMX is still going to make a DMX rap album, but for some reason you feel the godliness, <laughs> even in his album, because he always going to pray. He always going to confess his sins. He always bring you that preacher as vibe. And you're always rooting for DM. I remember when my mama was alive, she used to be like, why don't he just be a preacher? It's like, he, you know, they always say he's running from his calling. And I feel like when we look at Kanye, because we're not used to, you know, we know about Jesus walks, but we don't think that that's necessarily his calling. Like we feel it for DMX. So we feel like it's fraud. Because yeah. DMX was really in struggle. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's like, we believe him because he was really in struggle. And you could tell that when he was calling on the Lord, he was calling on the Lord because he really needed help. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Lord, and, give me a sign. <laughs> and when he had his little victories, whatever they were, yeah. he gave praise. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Kanye is putting on a show. He's mm -hmm. putting on a show. This is his ego. He don't really, he's bigger than Jesus. That's what I think he really uh, thinks in his head is I'm bigger than Jesus. Dangerous. But I don't believe it. I don't believe no parts of it. <laughs> Ain't no convincing you. No, he's a scam. <laughs> and any and and Osteen's a scam. Like oh, these that dudes. So true. I, that's how I feel. And I'm like any pastor who opens up their church for the cult of Sunday service to come in there and <laughs> the remix cult. one of the greatest stripper songs I ever listened to. <laughs> so anxious. <laughs> and turn into a praise and worship song. Yeah. How can we look at it the same? Uh, like, man, how can we it. look at it the same? No, I'm just saying. I'm just not feeling that guy. No. I mean, didn't Ray Charles do the same thing? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of. I'm not familiar. <laughs> what do he do? What do he do? Uh, you seem, you're familiar with the movie Ray, right? Yes. Where the preacher was coming in. It's like, why you turn the church music into, and I believe mm -hmm. that was around the time of Thomas A. Dorsey was kind of mm -hmm. doing blues and well yes that's definitely yeah. true yeah. it's definitely true that gospel music and blues got a very intricate relationship yes Kanye in that <laughs> I ain't giving him I ain't giving him nothing you, you won't no. so I guess to answer your question is Kanye the new Mason Betha only time will tell he told us that he ain't going back to secular <laughs> We shall Please see. go back to say. <laughs> <laughs> All I, you know, Kanye, I don't know if you'll ever hear this podcast. <laughs> All I'm saying is go back to college dropout, Kanye. I'll even take my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, Kanye, because that's one Late of my favorite albums. Come back to us. <laughs> that, Blink your eyes seven times I for the know, salvation. I know. Do we need a flash? Do we need to go and flash? The we'll light? rescue oh, no, from no, the no. Kardashians. Oh. We'll save you. I love you. that. <laughs> right. I, I never heard that. I love okay. it, though. That's okay. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so moving right along um so we you know we're coming out of summer uh we're ending up we're closing out summer we're in august august 5th season six of love and hip-hop returns and little little fizzle pop um <laughs> it starts to bang uh his bandmates baby mama uh, that's crazy would that's you feel a ways if your homeboy and we're going to say homeboy, not friends. Your homeboy started banging your baby mama. 
or your ex. Yeah, I'm in it. I'm in my feelings. You in your feelings? Yeah, you crossed the line. Crossed the line? Crossed it. We break up, and one of your homeboys is like, hey, she needs somebody to love her. Yeah, when I'm <laughs> when I'm being hard, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. first, first. <laughs> but the gag is, I'm not going to even try it. <laughs> Now that's the gag. Uh, I don't think I would care. You wouldn't only, care only because when you're in that celebrity space, from the outside looking in, I'm yeah. not a celebrity. The choices are slimmer. Yeah. My my concern would probably be uh, one, the kids, number one, and then two, the intention. Like, are you doing this? Like, how how cool are yeah. we that this is even a thought for yeah. you? Yeah. Well, they said. Well, according, we, Amarion hasn't spoken on it. Mm. Um, he spoke a little bit on his Vlad TV yeah, interview, but according to Fizz, he's like, we've never, well, let me take this back on, on the, on the interview with Vlad from Amarion's mm. mouth. He basically said that he was brought into the fold yep. of B2K. Okay. So you, you know how that is. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like they already Raz, Fizz mm-hmm. and Jay book kind of had yeah, their own yeah. bond. They've been watching since they were kids. Mm-hmm. And then Omarion got brought in to make it a thing, mm-hmm. to make it pop. So mm-hmm. I can, uh, that's like going to a new middle school, right? True, true. You go to the middle school and all these people have been friends since mm-hmm. elementary and you true. transfer from the other side of town. Mm-hmm. They might accept you a little bit, but, but it ain't what it was mm-hmm. from the people you went to elementary school with. Yeah. So, like I said, according to Fizz, he said we was never that cool. We were band mates. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would. I guess my gripe would be more so with her. Like, what what's actually going on? Because I need real. to understand because our kids are involved. What is this? Is yeah. this a storyline or is this? I don't even got to know if y'all really in love. That ain't none of my business. But yeah. what what is the outcome for this? Because like you said, game. I don't. I wouldn't. Now, if it was Marcus Houston, because they supposed to be like brothers or cousins or something. Yeah. That, that mm. would be different. That would be different. I don't think I would care as much. It would probably still dictate how I maneuver one in public because mm-hmm. he ain't saying nothing I think was very smart and to that Vlad and even that Vlad yeah. interview was pretty much this 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 straight to the point he never he was very vague he wasn't rude he wasn't rude yeah I, I, you I, know so yeah. we don't know so for all intents and purposes it appears mm-hmm. that April and Fizz are being shady mm-hmm. and it looks like Omarion is like the Vic, perfect guy yeah but according to April, that's his way of fooling us, the masses, you know. But but you will never win your argument, April, because he's not showing that's, that well, side. This is the truth. Why are you even? Yeah. So I I think I think I wouldn't care. My my concern would more so be for the children, and then depending on how you raise your kids, when you co-parent or whatever. Me and April having a conversation that how is this affecting our kid? What are y'all doing? Do y'all plan on getting married? Yeah. Are y'all just dating? Are y'all just, if so, that's on you. Yeah. But I just yeah. need to know how my kids being involved is going, how are they going to be affected? That's I don't right. care what you do. Right. So I don't, I don't think I. I, don't think I As I you care. stated, Terrence, when we first talked about this, because I know you don't really care, but then I always bring you into these <laughs> things. <laughs> I drag you into these things. But you said, that Fizz should have been worried about the bag. If he was going to screw her, screw her on the low. Right. On the man. low. Right. And once you grab your bag, 
We got a guest. Right. <laughs> oh, like, oh, it's gonna mess up this money. He, yeah. He's gonna be on. Yeah, we just gotta be quiet. <laughs> low key, right? On the lowest of keys. Yeah. <laughs> Not the lowest key. <laughs> Give me a C minor. <laughs> so moving on, you know that was that was big, and it actually still going on in the mm-hmm. midst of you know what's gonna pan out in this twenty twenty millennium tour. When- Cause we see Jay Boog is trying to paddle his way to this tour. <laughs> so. Fam, he's smart. <laughs> um, so August twenty fourth comes around. August twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. That may again, that might not be a significant date to you, but to Meek Mill, um, he goes from being twelve years a slave to the system to having all his charges and convictions dropped on April twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. And then he also um, released a documentary uh, to chronicle that. Terrence and I watched this documentary, and I just want to say I'm so happy that Meek Mill got all his charges dropped because once you realize why, <laughs> you know, it was unheard of for him to get a probation for be on probation for 11 years. Which is- so no matter what he did. It was basically a setup for him to go back. And this is bigger than Meek Mill. This is the system that we're in because if Meek Mill did not have the money, you know, to get these because these these white men that end up representing him, they didn't even know because they're dealing with high. Basically, they're dealing with white collar crimes. So they didn't even know on the lowest of lowest scales that this type of thing is going on, because when they when you watch the documentary and they're talking to me, they like what this is this isn't heard of and meek is telling them this happens to a kid that looks like me every 10 seconds basically in right. the in the system right um so um what do you guys think the solution is for that you know meek is bringing attention to it and basically now he's an advocate mm-hmm. i mean i mean it's it's got to be something that's dealt with because we got more people under the control of the state than we did have in slavery. Mm-hmm. I said that again. There's more people <laughs> under the control of the state in probation or jail or prison mm-hmm. than we had in slavery. And yeah, the Meek Mill situation as a celebrity, mm-hmm. because he's a celebrity, it get held up and mm-hmm. people get to see it. But this is happening to cats we know or don't know all over yeah. America. Yeah. These tiny little infractions and these judges with their little vendettas and they little class filters or whatever, yeah. just punishing these people. Where do we go from here? I mean, we got to keep bringing it out, keep mm-hmm. fighting with it. But, yeah, this – when I watched that, I was like, man, this is – and it was like your celebrity is actually making this worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. him being a celebrity was <laughs> was like, making yeah. it worse. Like yeah. this judge has really got something out for you yeah. just because you are Meek Mill, and that's even – Worse because yeah. it was already messed up, but mm-hmm. now it's worse to find out these little things that they can just keep entrapping you and bringing you back in. Yeah. And it goes back to to looking the part. There, Meeks mentioned in a documentary that one day he went to court just jeans, you know, mm-hmm. jeans and a t shirt or something like that because. He realized even when I was dressing up with the suit, this mm-hmm. judge still was treating me this way. Yeah. So I'm going to go as me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, gave him another charge for that. Just just picking on him. And it just I have to say this on air and I, I'll say it again. 
Martin Luther King got assassinated in a suit and mm-hmm. Meek wanted to show like it don't matter how you dress. Mm-hmm. If whoever if they got it out for you, they got it out for you because we get so steeped in respectability politics. There ain't no right way to be a slave. Come <laughs> on. There is no right way to be a slave. So no matter if you got uh, the you speak the king's best English mm-hmm. and you have on a tailored suit. Mm-hmm. If they got it against you or for you, that's just what it's going to be. Yeah, regardless. Right. Um, I saw a thread recently on Twitter, um, and I'm I'm going to say I don't know the extent, like the truthfulness of it. I'm going to assume it is because it's coming from a woman who works with convicts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll read the, this really quick part. It says that she talked to a Willie Simmons who has spent the last 38 years in prison for stealing $9. Mm-hmm. He was convicted of first-degree robbery and sentenced to life without parole in mm-hmm. 1982 under Alabama's habitual offender law because he had three prior convictions. What does $9 in the 80s, how does that equate to 38 years in prison? Look how old this man is. Mm. So your whole life is, wow. you know what I'm saying? A $9 like, crime. Mm-hmm. A $9 crime. But like, <coughs> this is something that 2019 has been a year of these revelations that white people are coming to that we've just known growing up. Mm-hmm. Yes. You just know that inherently, well, not inherently, but you learned early on, go in the house, lock the door, don't open it for nobody. <laughs> Period. You know, don't, don't, the police are not to be trusted at large. Right. I mean, you may have that one guy who was in the community from back in the 80s and 90s, but it's the meek meal of it all and this Willie. It's another thing that goes to kind of back to that hopelessness of the um, Singleton situation is that, yeah, he made it to this age and he passed and that, and you know, he did great work, but what about the people who have not made it to that age? What mm-hmm. about Kevin? Who's only 16. My best friend from, it is terrifying. It yeah. is and not to play the oppression Olympics, but to be a dark <laughs> black man. Yeah. Tall. And of my stature and having to take the bass out of my voice at times when talking to people. And that's your natural tone. You know, I'm. You have a baritone (sighs) voice. Your voice is a natural baritone. To this Meek Mill situation is very terrible. Um, Thankfully, he came out on the other side. Mm But regardless of what he did, who he affected, whatever, he paid for his crimes. But there's so many people who don't get the chance to pay for and come out on the other side. Yeah. This man was a convicted in eighties, and he's like this man could be someone's father who's an absent father, somebody's uncle, somebody's you know just the only maybe man in that neighborhood on that block who's like it's so many things he could be, or he could just be a petty thief, and that's fine too because your life does not have to stop for thirty plus years just because of something that happened because you found yourself in a system that is biased for us. It's now, never been for you. You said you brought up nine dollar crime, and it made me think: How much did the state make off of him for nine bucks? They that had to make millions. What free What free labor was he doing for X, Y, and Z corporation for a nine dollar crime? Right. And it's it's sickening. And yet, Takashi six nine may only get three years. Mm. Felicity Huffman got two weeks. That's funny. Y'all both brought up things that was on my list. <laughs> I like some bullshit. It's like white people trying it, like lying to get their kids into college. Yes. And then Takashi. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and that was a big thing too. That now that we segue into that, which was the um 
the uh, the testing we'll call it testing gate yeah. with Felicity Huffman and and Aunt Becky Amy. from Full House, uh, Lori Hoffman, yeah. you know, trying to get their children into these top schools, and it's like. And I have to throw this in there because white people would love to say affirmative action. When our children get into a school offer of affirmative action, if they do, if and when they do, they're not the bottom of the barrel student. These are like 4.0 students getting in and they and they are worth their weight in gold because we see they end up passing, doing great things. If your child was so smart and so gifted, then you and you got you got money. A lot of times the kid, the black kid don't have the money to go to the school, but they got the grades. So affirmative action just gives them a little push. Mm-hmm. I.E. Franklin. I.E. Franklin. So. um if you can, you guys have the money. So all your kid need is the smarts. So you're just letting us know that they're not smart enough. So go ahead and send them to state school. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> and you said they only got two weeks in prison. Felicity. And this man get nine stole for nine dollars. And what I come to realize is what you know the people in the system think. And this just recently happened. This is a bullshit of twenty nineteen, where it came out that Chase has uh, biased practices mm-hmm. for their. Um, for people who are over a certain make, so if you make over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you get into a special savings program through Chase. You get and you're, a private bank. Private yeah. bank. You get a private banker. You get all these different types of um, incentives mm-hmm. if you have over two hundred thousand dollars. So this ex NFL player who moved to Arizona wanted to invest eight hundred thousand dollars of his money, which is well over the two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and to. Um, Receive these incentives. Well, he was told because he was black and he was a tall, dark-skinned black man that um, you will be looked at a certain way. I can't really invest your money like that. Um, come to find out, um, they were did it with another woman who ended up winning the lottery. She won three hundred fifty thousand dollars in in lottery, mm-hmm. and she wanted to invest her money through this program as well. Uh, the white banker says to her, "She just got that money. She doesn't know how to invest it. Uh, she's not used to having money, so we're not going to do anything." Yeah, this is why I'm here with is you. <laughs> this is why I came to you. This is, this is why I'm here. So that lets me know when I think about this nine dollar crime. They're saying to this man, "Why would we let you out? Because what what are you going to do if we let you out anyway? It's like you're not going to even get somebody a chance. You cut off their lifeline without even giving them a chance. You donate their organs without saying, "Hey." Uh, uh, do you want me to pull a plug or can we go ahead and take these organs? You just do it. And it's sick. Mm-hmm. You you pissed over there. Damn, <laughs> Did I, you not know about that Chase story? Uh, um, no, <laughs> I didn't. And it's, it's not surprising. And that's the thing. These stories are not surprising. You tell this to any, any black person that has not listened to this podcast, you tell them that story about Willie and it's like, I can believe it. You tell mm-hmm. the Chase story, right. I can believe it. You can make this up and pull it out your ass, and I still can believe it <laughs> because it happens so frequently. But then when it gets to the tip or the fringe of the white community, and I focus on white because that is the powerful majority, mm-hmm. um, then it's all types of um, backflips and leaps and bounds to try to excuse it away or to be so shocked. We've known about this. Yeah, This is not new. So you're... Outrage, I mean, however late, it's cute, but 
this is our life. You know, this is this is our yeah, life. This is our life. So moving right along, you guys, we're 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 recapping uh, the highlights and bullshit of 2019, and I didn't realize it was so much bullshit. Yeah. I had <laughs> I had more highlights on here, but wow, you know, it's just that's just the nature of the beast. So moving right along, because you know this studio time, we got to get out of here in a minute. Um, <laughs> August 25th rolls around and it was the 18th anniversary of Aaliyah's death. Aaliyah rocked the boat one last time on August 25th, 2011. But also it was the return of power and pissed everybody off from Keisha to Tommy to Tasha trying to teach her son how to sell drugs. I want to say Aaliyah didn't die for this. Oh my God. (laughs) Aaliyah didn't die for this. James St. Patrick. No. Ghost. <laughs> so what happens is I really get involved in TV shows. Yeah. I, I, I'm vested. <laughs> like I know them. Were y'all happy with this season of Power? Mm. Oh man, it just seemed like I was ready for it to end. You, so you're it was, ready? It just seemed like it was getting even more. Uh, more. I don't know. I just didn't feel. I wasn't feeling it. You weren't feeling it. I was like, man, when y'all gonna end this? <laughs> so you feel like you it ran its course and it was it's good that it's ending. I just yeah, I don't feel like the story is compelling anymore to me. Mm. Okay, it, it's, it's it's lost its compelling nature. It did, know. especially <laughs> after uh, Angie died. You know her. You know is she gonna is she or is she not gonna get in trouble for dating mm. this man with her being a. Uh, uh, a, a USA. Yeah. <laughs> they always got to say AUSA. Right. Uh, <laughs> they be so extra. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, I don't understand Ghost's drive anymore. Like, what are you either. trying to do now? You just, like, really, you're going to be Lieutenant Governor? Like, remember we <laughs> talked about jumping the shark? I yeah. feel like the show jumped the shark at that point. <laughs> like, for yeah, real? Yeah, like, now this you want to... Like, I thought you just wanted to... I just want to lay low. The QCP like, project. Yeah. <laughs> TV's worst non-profit name is Queen's <laughs> Child project. project. Why couldn't he just name it the Raina, the Raina St. Patrick organization? Better. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't it be My Daughter is My Light Ministries? My, right. my Light Ministries. <laughs> I just don't uh, understand. I'm not looking forward to this. Man. I'm like <laughs> three seasons behind. But okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, you behind. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. Oh, no, 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 because I, I watch them. <laughs> I just buy them from Walmart and watch them. Okay. <laughs> so, no, but it's. I don't know if I'll be watching that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets ridiculous. Yeah. Moving right along, August 26, 2019, uh, a controversial comedy special came out entitled Sticks and Stones by the one and only David Chappelle. <laughs> this was... <laughs> um, I don't want to say... T- too much I don't want to offend but it was very controversial he talked about Juicy Smollett he mm. talked about the LGBTQ car um, the, alphabet. the alphabet people oh my god is that offensive to the LGBTQ saying uh, calling them alphabet people I don't I don't know um, I say it very it really depends on the people because some people you know they don't care i i know me personally it doesn't it doesn't come off as a slur it probably is intended to be depending on who's coming from but alphabet gang that's that's, that's what, I, I don't it don't bother me i thought uh, it was hilarious yeah wait you said it up but you I, was yeah. trying, you before, trying to be like that's it goes again back to that's not the first time that me or okay like for y'all it may have been yeah like it was new person, for me yeah yeah, yeah. that's we've heard that so it's 
It didn't. Uh, yeah. It didn't. I, and I don't think he was trying to do it in a negative way. I think it was comedy. And I will say that's the bullshit of 2019. Comedians being censored. Um, Canceling. Cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture is the bullshit of 2019. Because, first of all, the stuff that's supposed to be canceled is not canceled, i.e. the Kardashians. Uh, and then the stuff that is being canceled shouldn't be canceled or there's not enough investigation going on in these rants, these Twitter rants of canceling people. Um. I agree somewhat. Um, I think that my issue more or less is past Dave Chappelle. Um, I know that Eddie Murphy said something, an apology to some things that he had said before. And everybody jumped on him like, why the fuck he got to apologize and fuck that and gay people this and that. But for me, it was more or less if Dave Chappelle doesn't want to apologize, that's his right. He doesn't have to do so. You can stop supporting him. Yeah. And that's your choice. But then don't you can at the same time. Turn and say that, oh, you know, what the fuck is wrong with uh, Eddie Murphy and everybody's so sensitive. If if someone in their life, regardless to what the profession is, comes to a point where things that they've done they see as problematic, Mm -hmm. I don't think that he should get this back. Just like you don't think that Dave Chappelle should be canceled. Yeah. I don't think that Eddie Murphy or people who do recognize that, okay, this is not a space that I want to exist in. I don't. So I'm I'm with you in this case by case, but I think that. With that being said, when people do look back and say, okay, this is wrong or this is problematic, I shouldn't have did that, I shouldn't have, that, shouldn't have said that, they shouldn't be met with the same vitriol as the people who say these jokes and they're just jokes. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of I think I the fall. genius of uh, Dave Chappelle is that both comedy shows that I've seen him do stand-up, one was in um, uh, uh, the Fillmore, mm-hmm. which is in... Um, uh, uh, D.C.? No. Isn't it in California? Perhaps. I don't know. And then, and then the <laughs> other one the other one was in Atlanta. Okay. The, the most recent one, which is two gay cities. Good, true. Predominantly gay cities. California is a state. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the... The, the Fillmore is in San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay, there we go. Okay. Two gay cities. We got there. The city of San Francisco is gay? No, the <laughs> well, they're pro- they have a high population <laughs> like, no, of the LGBT <laughs> community. <laughs> I think that's that's it. I think that's the genius of Dave Chappelle, how he knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. So if he's going to do it, hey, I'm going to do it in front of this audience. Yeah. And not get any booze. But yet, everybody on the outside is want to say something. Yeah. Right, because I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, his audience was filled with this population, mm-hmm. just like if he was talking about black stuff and he had a predominantly black uh, joke or whatever. So I get what you're saying. That is the genius. Um, and I think you, I love how you segue into Eddie Murphy because that was the next highlight of 2017. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, 2019. Eddie Murphy returned. Where did I get 2017 <laughs> from? What's going on? I looked at this seven on my paper. Um, September 7, 2019, Eddie Murphy returned with Dolomite Is My Name. And I believe that Eddie Murphy did apologize because, well, first he came out with his interview card, uh, Committees in Cars with uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, explaining, you know, he was just basically saying, when I did these comedy shows in the 80s, he was like, I was in my 20s. And young and full of cum, basically, <laughs> you know? Right. And we do, we all, first of all, mm. and we talked about this mm. on school days, is yeah. our frontal lobe is not, not fully developed <laughs> until we're 25. <laughs> so we just be 
doing, doing stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we be doing this stuff, and it's, and sometimes we think stuff is funny because at the time in those spaces that we're in, we're funny. So I get what you're saying. You mm-hmm. know, if he's saying, "Well, I'm." I can't take back what I said because mm-hmm. I said it and it's, it's in perpetuity and it's, mm-hmm. it was funny at it's the cool time. Right? But moving forward, mm-hmm. I will be a little bit more sensitive to this community and I won't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, even though, hey, let's face it, it was funny at the time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not to some people, but right, right, right. to the majority of people because it became one of the best-selling comedy shows of all time. Mm-hmm. It had to be funny to somebody. But he returned with Dolomite is my name. And I just want to say, I'm glad that Eddie Murphy back. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to touch back on that, but that was definitely a highlight. Next, we had uh, Malik, September 11th happened, which was the anniversary of September 11th. But on this date, September 11, 2019, Malik Malik Yoba had his big interview on the Breakfast Club. Um, (laughs) Is you is or is you ain't gay? Like, (laughs) Rain, is he gay? I'm not going to touch that because I have very, (laughs) um, I have have, uh, thoughts. Um, I don't think he is uh, because trans women. Gonna walk. I'm gonna leave that alone. Okay. I think the Breakfast Club was not the best place for him, regardless to where you fall on if he's gay or not. Okay. I don't think the Breakfast Club is a the I place. Think it's, fluff, <laughs> it's fluff and it's for hip hop and for pop culture and current mm-hmm. events. But I think if you if you were going to be serious, you need to come out tonight. Talks for one. That's number one. Period. And, two. <laughs> uh, and for three, there are so many other. Outlets that would have been more um, appropriate okay. for that conversation. Gotcha. Especially when the Breakfast Club has proven that they do not support trans women at all. They've mocked Janet Mock okay. with Little Duvall having him on after her, mm-hmm. giving them, giving him her book cover, uh. baiting him into finding her attractive, and then say, "Oh, you know, that's a man." Now that may not be what they say verbatim, but that's what. So for me, I think mm. the Breakfast Club was the worst place. Mm. Right. So regardless to how you feel. About him and what he got going on, that wasn't the place for it. Uh, it was not. So again, Tanae talks is number one and two, and then number three, it could have been somebody else, anybody else. Yeah. What you you were agreeing with that? You you agreed that that wasn't the place Breakfast Club. Well, you know, I don't like Breakfast Club. I, uh, I know. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care. I, I agree with Lakeith Stanfield, man. Charlemagne is on something else, but anyway. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like no, that wasn't the place for that, and. I feel like that conversation could have been way more serious, but because it was on the Breakfast Club, it yeah. had no chance mm-hmm. of being serious. And yeah. so, do I think he's gay? I, no, I, he, no. I just think that conversation is a little more intricate. Yeah, it's just it's just something else. And then uh, the other thing is, I just feel like Malik Yoba might be, and I don't know this as a fact, but he might be one of those celebrities who try to say things to sound very deep and profound. Mm. And don't, you like, know he, like, <laughs> like he's on the cutting edge of it. He's like, let me go ahead and got caught. <laughs> let me step out there and say something that yeah. no one will agree with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, so I can say that I was the, like, I was the one. I was the one. I was the vanguard of the people who said yeah, yeah, yeah. these things. And that 
very well could be it. And it's interesting <laughs> that you said that they had the Janik mock and then mm-hmm. Lil Duvall the mm-hmm. next day. Because they tend to do that and try to cover it up with the ratchets, trying to say that they're ratchets and righteous. But really, they, they are baiting people when they'll do That's this. Exactly you know, it. when they'll bring a Farrakhan in and then bring the most racist person they can mm-hmm. think of <laughs> <laughs> the next day. You know, right, like Farrakhan right. just sat in his seat. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. I think it's a fight for views. Just yeah, like when they course. had Tank on there. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which is another uh, highlight of bullshit I'm a, I'm a, yeah, of 2019. Say that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving forward, um, October 2019, uh, Gucci Mane versus Angela Lee versus Charlemagne the God. <laughs> that was a big thing uh, between them, you know, when Gucci wanted to prove that Angela Yee was trying to, in fact, sleep with him years ago. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> The jury's still out on that. I I was. Burr. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Burr. Okay. Uh, Moving forward, August uh, October twenty ninth. Again, we lost another um, gem in our community, and that would be uh, John Witherspoon, aka Pops, passed on. Uh, We'll never forget you, Pops, because we always know. You got the coordinate. <laughs> <laughs> you got the coordinate. And um, the highlight is that you lived. Once again, you will give us laughs for generations to come. Mm. You know, you you are funny. Some of our best moments is from Friday, Boomerang. Just, yeah. I remember you did an interview and you said you were always be brought in as the guy. You, would, you said you never always got the big roles, but whenever you were on screen, you were going to make yourself be memorable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you absolutely Dude. were and are. Yep, most definitely. And shout out to the D. What up, though? He from Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> and like a true Detroit player, he always stood out in whatever you saw him in. So uh, rest in peace to John Weatherspoon. Can, uh, can, can I, can I, Yeah, quick, go ahead. Yeah. Real quick, not about John Weatherspoon, before you leave the month of October. Because somewhere in October, some bullshit happened. Tell us. And we all was like, that's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just say, it was the hug. When Brant John hugged Aunt Amber Geiger after that goddamn trial, you see, you see how I just got all y'all, bro. Man, that damn hug, and then the judge in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, I yeah. just want to throw that out there. That, you see that how I just got bullshit. real depressed. Yeah. That was some bullshit. Yeah. That was some, some bullshit. <laughs> the bullshit of 2019 was. <laughs> I said. Uh, how you gonna hug yeah the hug and then and then white media took it white media took it and ran with it and that is the dangerous part that's that is the danger that's how we're forgiven that's how we get weaponized against because whenever they do an injustice will you cut cut to this camera over here Mm -hmm. that she hugged amber no no. Oh no 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 no. No. I didn't want to derail the show. I just thought I throw that 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 was some shit because we all paused like, yeah, fuck. And then they took that shit and they ran with the shit. Yeah, it's it's. Speak on it. At the time, I was um I was doing a different thing at my job, and so I had a bit more downtime. And me and a group of people were watching the trial. And uh, it's a girl at work, and it's just it. It reminds me that 
not necessarily just because I'm from Flint that I'm cut different, but I know that all black people aren't the same. Uh, there's a girl at my job who was like, oh, y'all so mad because well, she beat the kid. Well, no, essentially being antagonistic about why people were wishing harm on Amber Geiger. And I said, mm-hmm. well, I I don't care what happens to her. I hope Period. nothing good happens to her. But if you can't, as a woman, see, well, no, let me just say that. If you as a black person can't see the issue that we're having with this ruling, and then on top of that, the hug from this man, which I could almost, almost, ex- not excuse, I can almost look the other way, almost. I can't, but then on top of that, you get the Bible and the well wishes from the uh, black the woman judge. the judge. I don't care about this larger community of, of white folks who are oppressive and doing X, Y, and Z. The fact is, in this moment, this woman has been proven to have gone into a man's house yes. and mm-hmm. murdered him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this ain't even something you can spin that he was outside selling cigarettes or yeah. he was in his car with his baby mama doing yeah. something bad. This man was and in his And that man house. wasn't doing nothing bad when he was with his baby mama. That, let's be clear. And th- yes, let, let's be <laughs> And that's just the way that it, it's it's twisted or that right. he was a uh, 12-year-old boy with a toy gun who got shot down. This man was in his house. Right. And after all of that. Eating ice cream. Uh, eating ice cream, the most non-threatening thing you can do <laughs> at do. any age. <laughs> at any age. We get to the end of this red brick road and this is what we come back with yeah. is that we get hugs and prayers that you do and kumbaya and learn more this is a grown-ass woman yeah she was competent and sane and and, yeah. and walking within her this wasn't a teenager and it was a pure accident you know where mm. you know what you were doing you know where you were going <laughs> and it, it was proven through the trial and this is my thing because I am a professed Christian. So we'll say this. When the judge went on these interviews and said, well, as a Christian, blah, 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 blah. And I just wanted to show her that I can pray for you in my chambers. Mm. What you displayed yeah. was a wep- is going to be weaponized against us. And if you don't understand that, judge, mm-hmm. kiss my ass. Well, you, understand. you can kiss my ass. Yeah. Mm. And that's and that and I just said I'm a Christian. I said kiss my ass. and that's that on that. The Lord know my heart. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> right, but I, I'm glad you brought that up. That was definitely a bullshit of 2019. Mm. Moving forward, November 26, 2019, Omarion mm. announces the Millennium Tour without the rest of B2 B, B2K, and we already touched on that. And then we get into December 2019. Lizzo shows her astronomical ass um, at, at the Lakers game. Mm-hmm. Somebody's a tryhard. I just that's how that's my feeling about Lizzo. You feel like she's a pick me tryhard. She's a tryhard. I'm just like I'm sorry. Come on, I don't. She don't reek of confidence. This don't seem confident. This seems stunt showy. You're just like okay. You just gonna do that? Yeah. Okay. You're not Prince. Yeah. Ass out. You trying something. And Prince wouldn't have did that at the Laker game. You trying to see what people going to say because you really just trying to. I just feel like she just. And I heard. People, I'm not feeling it. I heard people keep bringing up Rihanna. I've never seen Rihanna at a Lakers game like that. I don't even care about the sanctity of a Lakers game where you got half-clad cheerleaders, you know what I'm saying, and drunk people. Yeah, that's true. So I'm not going to act like the, sanct- the Lakers game is like church. That That's I'm a good <laughs> point. I didn't even think about that because they, they kept on saying, well, children are there in media. But like you said, the Laker girl, since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a Laker girl, okay? And my mama got my, uh, God rest my mama's heart. So uh, my cousin had these purple biker shorts and this Lakers 
this outfit that she passed on to me and I pranced around and invited a boy over with them purple shorts on mm. uh, trying to be a Laker girl and uh, never happened again let's just ah. <laughs> but the point of the matter is you're right they've been scantily clad and, it, and it's a family venue and no one cared about that moving I mean, forward I'm just saying I just feel like she just she was reaching mm. she trying to get she trying to get that attention and she got it I mean, they they pretty yeah, much back when Janet Jackson, you know, had that she was nipple gate. Yeah. Uh, they pretty much buried her. Yeah. 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 So, so that leads us to what Terrence always says. Why are they holding Lizzo on a pedestal when you just brought up Janet Jackson, which is a good point, nipple gate. And they brought her down. And Janet Jackson is the premier body having... Whatever, but it's like white people are like, no, we cannot body shame Lizzo. But you could body shame Janet Jackson. But Janet Jackson, <laughs> where what is the? They pick and choose. They pick they, and choose. They pick and choose, which causes us to pit, go against each other again, pitting us, you know, against each other. I think another thing too, they know we got a short attention span because oh, I brought up Janet Jackson. Ain't nobody in media brought up Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Nope. At the, at a family and 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 at the Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> okay. yeah. the, they're not even in the venue. A lot of kids are not. And you know what I mean? They're and there, she's but in the middle of entertaining, she's doing a show. Yeah. So there was people that said in other podcasts, "Oh, well, I could see if Lizzo was doing a show, which in her show she's doing the same thing." Yeah. But she wasn't doing a show. But yet Janet Jackson was, was doing, doing a, a show. show. And yeah. and now she's banned from doing any Super Bowl events. And I feel like even though it was live TV, we know the magic of TV where they could have mm-hmm. blipped it out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yet we still see Lizzo's that picture is plastered everywhere. It's not blurred out. Mm-hmm. It's not. Oh, my God. It's show it, show it, show it, show it, show it, show it. Um so let's keep an eye on that. Do we think that Lizzo will uh, make it in the next decade to come? Will she still be a hot star, or is this just a blip in time? I think so. Because music ain't what it used to be. I'm not denying her talent, but I think more music now is about personality. Yeah. It, more so than it is. You don't have the Beyonce's, I'm sorry, the Destiny's Child's and the Jagged Edges on a tour bus anymore. Mm-hmm. You have Katie in front of a YouTube screen and you get signed and now we repackage you. So not to say that she isn't a good artist, but I right. feel like because she can get these um, co-sign of the white community at large mm-hmm. and she's edgy enough. I've seen some of her um, videos before she kind of broke out mm-hmm. that I loved. I enjoyed it yeah. visually. I think that she she can stand the test of time, but I don't know what's coming just next year. Yes. It might be all short uh, men and tall, fat white women. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like what the, but I think as it stands now, she, she would make it. Okay. Uh, moving on in December, we're closing out 2019. Uh, December 18, 2019, Trump's impeachment. Uh, they spent uh, the the entire presidency trying to impeach him um, and um, impeach this demonic spirit. And uh, <laughs> as I said in my notes, you can't impeach demons. <laughs> you got to call that stuff Bro. out. Shondo. And lastly... December 21st, 2019, uh, Eddie Murphy returns to Saturday Night Live. And I must say, from what I saw, he did a phenomenal job. Eddie back. Eddie's back. Eddie's back. 
that brings us that's the close of 2019 <laughs> yeah. uh pretty much i know we got a few uh this show will air on december 31st 2019 to close out the year mm-hmm. but i'm so glad that we got this fire it was a lot of highlights a lot of bullshit a lot of mm-hmm. deaths a lot of ups a lot of downs um but it was great. It was a great year. So we're going to uh, close out the episode with what do you look forward to in 2020? Oh, man. Them seeds that I planted in 2019. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing those roots uh, get into the ground and those leaves and flowers start coming out. I just want to see some greatness from everybody at this table. Oh. I want to see Tanae Talks and Carefree black nerd just blow, just blow. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm looking forward to. Just growth. Everybody having that beautiful growth. Awesome. Oh god, how am I supposed to? How? <laughs> well, I would like for everyone in the world. No, um, <laughs> you got a, you got a one up here. There you go. <laughs> no, no, universe. I, uh, I'm pretty much the same. I, I do want I want to see growth for everyone. Everyone at this table specifically, but everyone. Uh, at work, school, family, friends, and I'm hoping that things change systemically for black folks and get a little bit better next year. But um, at the very least, I hope everyone makes more money, have clearer skin, have longer hair, yeah, uh, get their health under control, and and seek out mental health Word. um uh doctors if you don't already. Yeah, that's right. And I'm with Terrence. You know, saying I hope the seeds that's been planted already will manifest and grow into fruit. Into fruit. Yes. Be fruitful. That's right. Fruitful 2020. Fruitful 2020. Um, <laughs> what I want to happen in uh, 2020, I want Carissa and Charity Greenleaf to die slow deaths. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't have time to put that in the show, but Carissa and Charity Greenleaf pissed me off in the year 2019 of our Lord, and they messing with Bishop Greenleaf, and uh, y'all, y'all making our family look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I also want 2020. I want the red table talk to grow. I mm. think that Jada, Willow, and Gam are having meaningful and much needed uh, conversations. And at, at that red table, I want them to succeed and prosper. I want Flint, Michigan to finally uh, have clean water because it's been far too long. And I want y'all to stop being headline hoes okay. um, in 2020. That means that I want you to stop just reading the headline of an article and actually read that thing read the dates read it through yes. and through read it top and bottom know who the author is and stop saying crazy stuff on these internet streets mm. that's what i want in 2019 <laughs> uh also um i want clear skin thank you for that <laughs> i want good skin i want this stomach to depart from being to hey shando <laughs> And I want y'all to keep listening to tonight. <laughs> Peace. Hey. <laughs> Megan, I want my knees to come back in 2020. Hey, big old freak. Hey, big money, big old treat. Hey, I'm going to make them wait for the pussy. Hit it to big old ski. Hey, feet on the bed. Hey, 
talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real.